morning, Orlando. Tuesday morning on the 50,000-watt front porch. So glad you've joined us right off the top for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander, and for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning. President Trump talks tax cuts with lawmakers today, and two local students accused of threatening their school. Details coming up in one minute. And hop on the Trump train with me. I'll tell you where it's on the tracks, where it's off the tracks, and see if you agree next on Good Morning Orlando. 602 on News Radio 1025. President Donald Trump is meeting with lawmakers today to talk about the tax cut bill in the Senate. He says he's confident it'll pass. It's going to be a tremendous tax cut, the biggest in the history of our country. You'll have to pay a lot less tax. I think we're going to have great receptivity. We've had great, great uh, spirit. The House recently passed a tax bill, and Senate Republican leaders hope to get their version of the bill passed this week. Speaking at the White House yesterday, the president says he thinks the bill can pass without any Democratic votes. Several Republicans are still on the fence. We got two already who are no votes, but I've been digging into this thing, and I just ferreted out something that conservatives should find deeply disturbing that some of the Republicans want to put into this bill, and I'll expose it next half hour right here, Tom. Pay close attention for that one. There'll be a quiz. (laughs) The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Two local students face criminal charges accused of threats that led to a school lockdown. The DeLand Middle School students were arrested yesterday for threatening violence at the school. DeLand police say the students called 911 and told the dispatcher they would shoot up the school and that they also had a bomb. Investigators searched during the lockdown and didn't find any explosives. Strickland and Kathleen Roads in Lakeland are expected to reopen sometime today after yesterday's train derailment. Nine CSX train cars derailed early Monday morning, almost half of them leaking bright yellow molten sulfur, which is a hazardous material. Thousands of gallons of the liquid leaked out. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration says that can lead to a faint rotten egg odor. NOAA also warns that exposure to molten sulfur can cause eye irritation. Now, now, let me ask you, I mean, yesterday that was your breaking news that you brought us, and everybody was really afraid. They were closing their windows, turn off the air conditioner, stay in your house. Everybody's okay down there? Yeah, uh, no reports of injuries. Officials said yesterday afternoon that it was safe to go outside after everyone had sheltered in place all day, mm-hmm. but the roads were still closed overnight while crews had to clean everything up. They're mm-hmm. not sure uh, when it's going to reopen, but they do say it will reopen today. Gotcha. Thanks, Tom. And the Atlantic hurricane season ends this Thursday. State leaders will be glad to say goodbye to this one. There were 17 named storms this year. Three of them made landfall in our state. Governor Rick Scott says the response was good, but there's always something that needs improving. You always learn something. I'll tell you the thing. I, I, uh, the, uh, everybody had generators. Um, this last time we, um, we started running low on propane. That's not, I want to make sure that doesn't happen again. Hurricane Irma is being blamed for at least 72 deaths in Florida, including 14 residents of a Broward County nursing home that lost air conditioning during the storm. And Facebook is taking steps to try and prevent suicides by using artificial intelligence. Hmm. The social media network is using software that will scan all posts for patterns of suicidal thoughts. When it detects them, it will send mental health resources to the user who's at risk or their friends or it will even contact first responders. Facebook says by flagging posts that could be warning signs of a suicide, 
it can cut down how long it takes to send help. I'm sure, though, that that'll be controversial on the basis of kind of a the big brother dimension to it. You know, Facebook looking over, you know, what you're posting and evaluating it. Oh, absolutely. Some but they're will, already doing that for that. advertising purposes. No, that's true. They are. You're right. I have nothing more to say. <laughs> well, that might be a red-letter date in history. Though. Well, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting show Especially. if that holds true. Let's see what lies ahead. <laughs> Four more, three more hours of silence. Where's the test pattern, Yappy? <laughs> and today's Giving Tuesday, where people around the world are encouraged to give time, money, and acts of service and kindness. The goal is to shift the focus to contributing after the consumer-oriented emphasis of Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday. People are particularly invited to focus on their own communities. WFLA News Time 606. Read about the Washington Post exposing an attempt to plant a fake Roy Moore story at 1025wfla.com. We're going to be talking a lot more about Roy Moore later in this show, but that I did not know. You got me again. There we go. Well, we'll maybe talk a little bit more about that coming up at 6.30. Good deal. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. We normally don't get this wacky till along about Friday morning here. I don't know what's happening. Must be Tom's influence. He's in for Deb for a couple of days here. Yaffe's our executive producer. And uh, Stephanie will be the first voice you hear, our fine new screener. And you call us at 407-916-5400 if you want to weigh in on our talk topics. I'm looking at a ton of them where I want to tap into the collective wisdom of the smartest audience in talk radio. And you're most certainly a part of that. So um, be ready to go at 407-916-5400. Or if you don't want to talk to the Budman, I will not take it personally. we got a text line for you. If that's more convenient, text to 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. I'm inviting you, because I've already punched your ticket, to hop on the Trump train. I'm going to tell you where I think in the last 24 hours the Trump train has been on the tracks and where it's been off the tracks and why. And then I want to know whether you agree with me or not. That's kind of how we do things here on Good Morning Orlando. Welcome one and all to the 50,000-watt front porch. If you just want to listen, be my guest, put your feet up. The coffee's hot, the pancakes are on, and we are ready to go. All of this in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated in only two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So get this right. Slee Busby's an impressive guy in a lot of ways. But to say that Judge Roy Moore is not qualified for the U.S. Senate? We have Al Franken, the Saturday Night Live comedian in the U.S. Senate. (laughs) Judge Moore is not qualified? Lee, you might want to think that one. All right. The Trump train rumbling down the tracks. On the tracks, sometimes off the tracks in the last 24 hours. That's my assessment. I've got four exhibits to put before you here with my take on them. I want you to listen and tell me whether you agree with me where Trump's on the tracks and where he's off the tracks. I think he's on the tracks with his tweet upon his return from the holiday vacation for Thanksgiving with the family down in Mar-a-Lago in South Florida saying that on Twitter we need a contest to determine which television network deserves a fake news trophy. Here's what he tweeted. 
We should have a contest as to which of the networks, plus CNN and not including Fox, is the most dishonest, corrupt, and or distorted in his political coverage of your favorite president, me, parentheses. They're all bad. Winner to receive the fake news trophy. I think it's good that he holds the press's feet to the fire. It is about time some president did. Okay? On the tracks with that one. On the tracks also with the decision announced yesterday by his press secretary, Sarah Sanders, during the Daily White House briefing, that President Trump will not go to Alabama to campaign face-to-face with embattled Republican candidate Roy Moore. He has said he wants him to win it, that he's denied all the allegations, and he wants the Senate seat to stay in Republican hands. He needs it. He's got a slim majority. We know that, that will only get slimmer without Roy Moore and with Doug Jones, the Democrat. But President Trump cannot afford to get too close to Roy Moore because you don't know how this is ultimately going to play out. And he cannot risk having part of his legacy having backed to the hilt with face-to-face campaign appearances with a guy who winds up being confirmed as a sexual predator, as is alleged by many women. Okay? I'm not saying Roy Moore is guilty of anything, but I think the president needs to keep appropriate distance. On the tracks there as well. Off the tracks, the 180 President Trump has done on that Access Hollywood tape that came to light during the campaign where the president said all kinds of lurid things, how he could kiss women, grope women, grab women, just because he was so famous and had so much power and so much money. It's the one and only time he ever apologized that I can recall on the campaign trail. Here is what the president admitted to. You need to listen to this before I tell you about the 180 he has done that had the Trump train off the tracks yesterday. Here we go. I've never said I'm a perfect person, nor pretended to be someone that I'm not. I've said and done things I regret, and the words released today on this more than a decade-old video are one of them. Anyone who knows me knows these words don't reflect who I am. I said it, I was wrong, and I apologize. Unequivocally, I said it, I was wrong, I apologize. Yesterday, he came out saying he suspected the Access Hollywood tape of being doctored. Well, he ought to know what he said, and he admitted that what was on the tape is what he said. That kind of stuff is a credibility killer, Mr. President. Respectfully, sir, you are off the tracks on that one. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Standard message and data rates apply there. Do I have it right? That's three out of four. Here is number four. Yesterday, the president at the White House is holding a wonderful ceremony with a few surviving Native Americans who were heroic in breaking codes during World War II. And then in the middle of this dignified service with these elderly war heroes, the president starts talking about Pocahontas. And Elizabeth Warren, he calls Pocahontas because the liberal Democrat senator from Massachusetts some years ago without any evidence 
tried to claim for political advantage that she had Indian blood coursing through her veins. No proof of it, okay? And he's mocked her repeatedly for it. But to bring it up in front of these American Indian World War II heroes who frankly didn't have a clue what he meant or what he was saying, it just got terribly, terribly awkward to the point where I decided not to play it. The anti-Trump media can't stop playing it. I just don't feel like making you squirm in your seat going down the highway. And I don't want to squirm in mine. But man, I have to tell you, I thought the Trump train was awkwardly off the tracks there. So, twice he's on, twice he's off. How do you see it? Do you agree with me or not? Let's talk about it. I'll take you on any point. Let's get rolling here this morning on this. We're on the Trump train, for better or for worse. And good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. So we're rumbling down the tracks together on the Trump train. And I've told you where I think it's been uh, on the tracks and a little off the rails in the last day. Scott from Orlando has been assessing all of this. And good morning and uh, welcome aboard, Scott. Welcome aboard, Scott. Hey, but I agree with you 100%. I do believe people can change, and I think Trump has changed in the last 10 years. But he keeps putting his foot in his mouth, and he can't stop it. He can't stop tweeting. He can't stop putting his foot in his mouth. He needs to think before he talks. I mean, he admitted, he admitted, and he apologized. I said it, and he didn't ever say it was doctored. Now he says it is. You can't do a 180 like that when have any credibility, can you, Scott? I agree with that 100 percent. Yeah. And, and I believe Roy Moore has changed from his younger years to his older years. But but how would you feel if a 32-year-old attorney pulls up in your driveway to pick up your 16-year-old granddaughter with one thing on his mind? I mean, that, that's disturbing about Roy Moore. Yeah. Well, um, I, I have to tell you that that date would never have happened with my daughter. Exactly. I couldn't Roy agree has anymore. one thing on his mind, and yeah. Roy has proven himself because he's married a woman that's 15 to 18 years younger than him. Well, there's a lot of that going around, Scott. I can't condemn men for that universally. I can tell you, though, that an old Army buddy of Roy Moore has written an open letter in support of his old Vietnam War comrade, and it's a stunner. And wait till you hear it. We'll do it in the 8 o'clock hour. Coming up here, Yaffe, I want you to check the incoming on our text line on the uh, Trump train. Uh, yeah, some uh, texter says basically what our caller just said, that sometimes Trump needs to just shut up and take care of business at hand. Amen. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, I went and watched the his Pocahontas comment yeah. that you were talking about when he uh, was talking with Native American oh, war man, heroes. It got so condescending and so awkward, didn't it? It was really awkward, and you were right. You could tell they didn't know what he was talking they had about. No clue. It had nothing to These do guys with are ninety years old. You know, it had nothing to do with the event. I no. mean, usually I think the Pocahontas comment's pretty funny. Yeah, it was totally out of place. He yeah. reached for it, and he shouldn't have reached. Yeah, for it. it was. It was weird. Yeah, you know. One thing that's kept me on the air in reasonably good shape for a long time in this business, television and radio, I adopt this, and you know what it is. My philosophy yep. is, yep. my approach is what? Uh, when in doubt, leave it out. Amen. If the president would do that, he'd be a lot better off. Steph, anything strike you as we uh, check the Trump train where it's I mean, on yeah, and off the tracks? The Pocahontas comment, that was totally just uncalled for. It was inappropriate, I think, at the time. And um, he does need to watch what he says at times. But, you know, he is... He does take responsibility, though, for what he says. 
which I think, Well, you know, it's the only time he's ever really apologized for anything was on the campaign trail with that Access Hollywood tape. And then to do the 180 on it, I, I, I just don't think he can live there. I just don't think it works. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Okay, good deal. We got a lot more to do here, and um, we're off the Trump train. At least for now, you never know. We can get a new tweet, change everything, right? <laughs> and we're glad you're with us here on the 50,000-watt front porch. Tom Alexander in for Deb uh, today with our news update. In a moment, I'm going to be talking about something I have found that they are planning to insert in that controversial Republican tax reform and tax cut bill. And Tom's going to set the uh, table. A lot of controversy in Washington as we speak. That's right, bud. Senate Republicans' tax bill would help America's highest earners and actually boost taxes on people in lower tax brackets. That's according to an analysis from the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office. The CBO also says the Senate measure would add $1.4 trillion to the federal deficit over 10 years. President Donald Trump is meeting with lawmakers today to talk about the bill. He says he's optimistic that the tax bill can get passed. If we win, we'll get some Democratic senators joining us. If we don't win, they won't be joining us. You understand that. But if we win, I think we'll probably have a bipartisan bill, meaning a number of people are going to come over. According to President Trump, the bill would be the largest tax cut in U.S. history. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The story, bud, that we talked about at the top of the hour, Mm -hmm. the Washington Post is reporting a woman tried to get them to report a false story about being sexually assaulted by Alabama Republican Senate candidate Roy Moore. It appears she was working on behalf of Project Veritas, an organization that tries to use undercover operations to embarrass and discredit the media. Right. Over the course of two weeks, the Post says the woman, Jamie Phillips, told reporters a story about how Moore got her pregnant when she was 15 and she had an abortion. Reporters say they later saw Phillips going into Project Veritas's offices in New York and found a GoFundMe page she started, noting she'd accepted a job to try and, quote, combat the lies and deceit, end quote, of the liberal media. The Post said when they confronted Phillips, she ended the interview. Very interesting. Project Veritas has done a lot of good and important work, um, but the Post, in this case, they, they did what they should have done. Right. They sniffed yeah, no. out the truth, it appears. Absolutely, yep. Mm-hmm. A Democrat from New York is has become the first member of Congress to demand that Minnesota Senator Al Franken resign. Representative Kathleen Rice is calling for Franken to step down after multiple accusations that he groped women. In an interview with CNN, Rice noted that the private sector had cast out Harvey Weinstein and Charlie Rose and said Congress should do the same. Yeah, she's a Democrat, and she wants Conyers out, too. Exactly, yeah. yeah. She criticized Pelosi for saying she trusted Conyers to make the good, right decision on his own. Because Pelosi said that uh, Conyers is an icon. <laughs> yeah, all right. And the big question on many football fans' minds here in Central Florida, mm-hmm. will Scott Frost stay as UCF's head football coach, or will he go to the University of Nebraska? It's the big question ahead of the night's American Conference Championship game against Memphis this weekend. And Frost did nothing to dispel the rumors during yesterday's news conference. He said it will be really hard to leave his current team because of how much love he has for the players, but also that he'd be hurt if Nebraska wasn't interested in hiring him as its coach. Frost is from Nebraska and won a national championship as the Cornhuskers quarterback. So we're still hoisting Frost watch warnings or something here, but we don't have an answer. No, and we likely won't until at least after the game this weekend. Gotcha. 
WFLA News Time now, 637. You can get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. First hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. As we bring in Gina Cervetti, as always, live in the Bloomberg Newsroom up in New York City with our morning Bloomberg Business Report. And good Tuesday morning to you, Gina. Good morning. So how about it? You've been looking at the stock futures for a a glance ahead at what today might hold in trading and uh, looking back on yesterday. What do you know? Well, we have the stock futures little change to higher as investors monitor Washington. More on that in a moment. The broader U.S. equity market began the week little changed as falling oil prices pulled down energy stocks. The S&P lost a point, closed at 26.01. The Nasdaq fell 11 points to 68.79. The Dow was up 23, or a tenth of a percent, to 23,581. And the Bloomberg Orlando Index was uh, pretty much in line with what we saw in the broader market. It was little changed to lower. Okay, there we go. You know, you listen to the Arby's commercials, and they always say, we have the meats. Well, it looks like they might wind up having even more meat. What's the story with Arby's? Yeah, Arby's and Cinnabon owner Rourke Capital is buying Buffalo Wild Wings for about $2.4 billion. According to people with knowledge of the matter, the private equity firm plans to keep the two brands distinct, and Arby's CEO Paul Brown will reportedly lead the combined business. A deal would cap a tumultuous year for Buffalo Wild Wings. Rourke Capital is a prominent player in the food industry with investments in chains such as Carl's Jr. and Carvel. Yesterday, Gina, on the uh, Bloomberg Business Report, you uh, talked about uh, the bid by Meredith to buy Time, Inc., and you have an update on that this morning for us. Yeah, the billionaire brothers, Charles and David Koch, known for their free market conservatism, are pledging to keep their personal politics out of time. But inside Time's New York headquarters, news that the Kochs were helping to fund a takeover was greeted with a mixture of alarm and resignation. In a town hall meeting, CEO Rich Batista reiterated a pledge by the acquirer Meredith that the brothers would have no influence in management or editorial, would not have a seat on its board. Others were optimistic that the Kochs will stay hands-off and that Meredith will provide the funding for time to reinvest in journalism after years of cutbacks. That's another story you'll continue to follow so well for us, Gina. And before you go, robots are doing more and more, and a lot of people are just flat-out frightened by the the potential degree of intelligence these machines can develop. And um, it's interesting how they apparently are able or not able to pick stocks. What do you know? Well, would you trust a stock call from a robot? I don't Wells know Fargo. About that. <laughs> <laughs> Wells Fargo made waves last month when it issued a sell rating on shares of Facebook on the advice of its artificial intelligence analyst known as AIRA. The call proved wrong when Facebook shares rose, but Bloomberg Businessweek says the technology is coming and it could take away even more lucrative jobs on Wall Street. Just one more thing I want to mention Uh before we go, bud. In Washington today, we've got President Trump's Fed chief nominee, Jerome Powell, going to a hearing before the Senate Banking Committee, and the Senate tax cut bill faces a crucial committee vote today at the Senate Budget Committee. Gina, thank you so much. Great comprehensive coverage on our Bloomberg Business Report, as always. Same time every morning here in Good Morning Orlando. And we'll look forward to having you with us Wednesday morning as well. Thank you, Gina. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Coming right up here, is conservatism dead at the federal and the state level? Wait until you hear what I have to say, and you'll certainly want to react to it. 
407-916-5400. Text line always open at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. We'll get right into this after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. Stay with us here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Off that headline about those kids, another threat at another school, I'll say it again. Until they really put the hammer down on these kids and do more than discipline them and do more than suspend them for a week, they're going to continue to see this. You want to change bad behavior, you create a penalty so severe that people are not willing to engage in that behavior. That's what needs to happen here. These kids need to be arrested, and they need to be put in jail not knowing how long they're going to be in there. And they won't have to be in the county jail very long before they'll realize, I don't want any part of this ever again. And then they get out, and the only way they get back into school and are not expelled permanently is if they commit to go around to every middle and high school in their county and tell the story of what they did and what happened to them as a result. It's the scared straight approach, and we're going to see these threats time and time and time, and it will never end until our school officials are willing to get a lot tougher than they've been willing to get. So I'm looking over all of this back and forth, In the Republican-controlled, by a whisker, Senate and the tax reform tax cut legislation President Trump desperately wants for a big legislative win in his first year. And now look at this. It is reported by the Associated Press that Senate Republicans are considering a trigger that would automatically increase taxes if their sweeping legislation fails to generate as much revenue as they expect. This is to modify the deficit hawks, so-called, who worry the tax cuts for businesses and individuals will add to the nation's already mounting debt of 20 trillion dollars Isn't that interesting? They want to placate the deficit hawks by saying we'll trigger tax hikes to bring in more money if the tax cuts result in not enough revenue coming in. Is conservative, conservatism, and conservative principles, are they just absolutely Deader than a doornail in the halls of power in Washington? This leads me to believe they absolutely are. Because what's the other alternative if revenue falls short of projections? It would be to spend less on government, to cut spending. There is no one out there who is calling for that. All they can think of is raising taxes. It's unbelievable. There's, there's nobody. There are no conservatives left, Yaffe. There are none left. Well, I mean, not in Washington. No. There are in this room. There are in this room, in this studio on the 50,000-watt front porch. You got at least three of them when you throw in Stephanie, who's a rock-solid Trump conservative. Right. But this is unbelievable. I agree. That's the approach. Sneaky, too, because I hadn't heard about this until you brought it up to me. Well, that's why you have the Bud Man here working all night for you, Yaffe. So you can sleep a little later and get on in here. 
As long as you have your priorities <laughs> straight and set. And then there's then there's Rick Scott, bills himself as our conservative governor. He's going to submit to the legislature the biggest budget in Florida history, touting an increase in education spending. $87.4 billion to run the state in the next fiscal year. $2.5 billion more than this year. And in the legislature, they'll trim it around the edges, call themselves conservatives, and pass this bloated biggest ever spending package. There are no real conservatives apparently left, not only in the Congress, but in the Florida legislature. Am I too cynical when I tell you that? I think I have the evidence before me. 407-916-5400 if you've got some comment. Text line 23680, standard message and data rates apply. And when you don't call me, it will confirm that we no longer have a meaningful percentage of conservatives anywhere in this country. Everybody is on political crack, and the crack is government spending. The people are demanding it. The legislators and the members of Congress are afraid to deny them their crack or they will not be reelected. And so the red ink flows and the hole gets deeper and wider and this country is headed for the abyss. 407-916-5400. Call me and tell me that I just am worried too much about the future of the republic. Tell me, tell me, is there anybody who shares my feelings in this regard? Or am I really the Lone Ranger along with the Affian step? I know there's a few of you out there. I really do. 407-916-5400. Is conservatism dead? I've given you two pretty powerful and disturbing exhibits, and there are many more. That story that I found from AP about the so-called deficit hawks in the Republican Senate planning on putting a trigger in the new tax cut bill that would automatically increase taxes if revenues fall short after the tax cuts. Nobody talking about cutting spending. Yaffe, you're on in prime time on WFLA. You're going to be talking about this. Well, I was going to say yes. Tonight for my show, 8 to 10 p.m., I'm going to be talking about cutting spending. Good. So I need to be talking. It's something both you and I are very passionate about, uh, cutting spending and cutting the debt. So I'll be talking about it on Beyond Reason tonight. 8 to 10 p.m. And taking your calls as well. Same number. Boyd's in Polk City listening to my tirade on the death of conservative principles and conservatism. Go ahead, Boyd. Yes, sir. Hi, bud. I enjoy your program. Thank you. I think you're absolutely right. I think these dang uh, locals are just as bad about uh, overtaxation and, and uh, spending money are just as bad or worse than the feds ever thought about being. I don't know what we're going to do. Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. We're going to have an economic collapse in this country. And after that, after that, conservative principles will have to be embraced because there will be no other alternative to restore America. But I hate the idea we have to go off the cliff. I'm trying to keep us from going off the cliff, boy. Right. Right. Yeah. Great to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch. You're always welcome. Uh, Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. And on the text line, Yaffe, what's coming in? Uh, one person says this, bud, says term limits is the answer. Then they won't worry about being reelected. You talked about that's why they spend so much, because they're worried about um, their constituents. 
Another person said, yes, you're right. This country is headed down the drain. We have to prepare for the worst because it's coming. Another person says the Republican Party in Washington is nothing but JFK Democrats. They have taken over the party. Man, I'll tell you, it's a bad situation. And then when you have the governor here bragging about the biggest budget in Florida history, you know, two and a half billion more we're going to spend this year than last year. And Wasn't we, last year's like the biggest too? Absolutely. It was $85 yeah. billion. It was absolutely, it was absolutely the biggest. It is unbelievable what's happened to state spending here. And you may say, well, but man, the population's going up. We have more people to serve. Trust me, the spending is going up a lot more than the population in the state of Florida. We've done the parallel study on that before. Not even close. We'll talk more about this. And Yaffe will be all over it tonight on his show, Beyond Reason. I really recommend it to you. He does a great job when he's on. He'll be on 8 to 10 tonight right here on WFLA News Radio 1025, WFLA FM, and always on AM 540. Deborah Roberts taking a few well-deserved extra days off off the uh, holiday weekend. So Tom Alexander is uh, bringing us the news, and he has the story of President Trump heading for Capitol Hill today to talk tax cuts with lawmakers and Governor Scott pushing for more funding for schools. Good morning, Orlando. From the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. It's 659. Good morning, Orlando. The top of the morning to you on a Tuesday at 7 o'clock as we bring you the very latest check on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander, in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning President Trump talking tax cuts with lawmakers today, and Governor Rick Scott pushing for more funding for schools. Details coming up in a minute. You want to put an end to sanctuary cities? We need the Texas model. And I'll make the pitch next on Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio 1025. President Donald Trump says he's confident about getting a big tax cut bill through the Senate. The president says this will be the biggest tax reduction in U.S. history. He's set to meet with lawmakers about the bill today. The House recently passed its own tax bill. The Senate's expected to vote on its version later this week. The president says he's optimistic Republicans won't need any Democratic votes to pass it. But several Republicans say they're on the fence. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Speaking of President Trump, he's getting some flack this morning for referring to Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren as Pocahontas during a White House event with several Navajo war heroes. Pocahontas is a derisive reference to the Democrats' claim about her Native American ancestry. The president made the reference without any context during the ceremony. The Navajo Code Talkers, of course, used their native language to confuse enemy eavesdroppers during World War II. In an interview yesterday, Warren says the president had one simple task. All the president had to do was just make it through this ceremony and honor these wonderful people. And instead... What did he do? Had to throw out a racial slur. Some Native American leaders have criticized the president's remark. The White House says, of course, he did not intend it as a racial slur. Yeah, it was a very, very awkward insertion of the Pocahontas shot at Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren, though, some years ago, to ingratiate herself to fellow liberals in her home state of Massachusetts, claimed to have Native American blood flowing through her veins, but never offered any proof of it. And, and the president's been honor about that. But it didn't work yesterday. And these 90-year-old war heroes, these Native Americans, they had no clue what was going on. And it was, it was very, very awkward, and it didn't need to be. I got on the president about that in our 6 o'clock hour. Yeah, weird moment for sure. Yep. 
Governor Rick Scott is making another pitch for his new education budget. The governor traveled to the Tampa area Monday to meet with students at Mitchell Elementary School. He plugged his plans to increase K-12 funding by nearly $800 million. That includes more money for basic classroom supplies. We're going to increase the funding for supply grants for our teachers. Our teachers come out of pocket often for uh, school supplies. We've been able to increase that since I've been governor this year. It's $63 million, which will be a $100 increase for our teachers to hopefully not be out of pocket for school supplies. The governor's budget also includes an increase of more than half a billion dollars in local property taxes. Speaker of the Florida House has already said that's not going to happen. Finally, we are hearing from the Florida Gators' new head football coach. Dan Mullen was officially introduced as the new coach at UF yesterday. Mullen was offensive coordinator for Urban Meyer's two Gator national championship teams. He says his promise to the head of the university is to guarantee a team that everybody can be proud of. commitment to him is to make sure that the university... Uh, the not just the university administration, the university as a whole, the student body, the alumni, and the fans have a football team that they're proud of both on and off the field. Mullen spent the last nine seasons as head coach at Mississippi State. We wish him well. It's been a painful season and a tough couple of years up in Gatorland, and we broadcast all the games, and we want to see the Gators winning games like they once did, and hopefully Mullen will be the key. Yeah, that's what they think. It's been a rough decade or so in yeah. Gainesville for the most part. And as you told us earlier, we still don't know whether UCF's amazing coach, Scott Frost, who has guided the Knights to an undefeated season, is going to stay or go to his uh, home school of Nebraska where he starred as a player. Yeah, we may not know that for a couple of weeks. Now yeah. rumors about Jimbo Fisher might be leaving Florida State as well. Go down to Texas A&M, am I that's right That's what that? they're saying, but he's not saying anything. So Okay, so there's a lot more news to come um, in terms of uh, Florida college football. Absolutely. We'll continue to follow it. WFLA News Time now, 707. A British royal historian says the monarchy is becoming a celebrity monarchy. Get the details at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. If you, um, If you want to put an end to the harboring of illegal immigrants in this country and an end to sanctuary cities across the land, you need to stay with me. I'm going to tell you how to do it, okay? So that's just ahead. Right now, listen to this. The Trans-Siberian Orchestra's Miracle on 34th Street Christmas in New York Spectacular. What a prize package we're offering you here this morning. WFLA and iHeartRadio want to send you and three of your friends on a VIP Christmas holiday trip to New York City to see the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. You get free airfare and hotel accommodations, a special Christmas dinner, a $1,000 holiday shopping spree, front row tickets to the show. Wow. Thanks to our friends at the Trans-Siberian Orchestra for making this possible. How do you get it? Well, you get in line and be eligible to win by downloading and opening our free iHeartRadio app. Do it now and search the keyword TSO, as in Trans-Siberian Orchestra, to become an instant finalist. And Merry Christmas for all of us here at WFLA and iHeartRadio. Let's put an end to sanctuary cities in this country, harboring illegal immigrants who are already, by definition, breaking the laws of our sovereign nation. This needs to end, and Texas has found the way to do it. We should adopt the Texas model in Florida 
and across the land. I'll make the case in a moment, and we'll talk about it together at 407-916-5400. Or on the text line, you can comment at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. We'll get into this right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. And we'll do that here in only two minutes. So stick around on News Radio 1025 WFLA. You need to tell these kids they're going to jail for this stuff. And when they get out, unless they just want to be expelled from the school forever... They will commit to go around and tell everybody what happened to them for what it was they threatened to do at their school and scare the rest of the kids out of this kind of behavior. And, and they're not nearly tough enough on these kids authoring these threats. And it's got to change or we're never going to see an end to it. But back to the talk topic of the hour, Sanctuary Cities. Yeah, last week we had um, Orlando Police Chief John Mina, who by and large I think does an absolutely terrific job. It is an honorable man and always willing to come on the show. But we got into it a little bit because it had been reported in the Orlando Sentinel that the, um, the Dyer administration was saying to people who are worried that we're not tough enough or, or that we're too tough on illegal immigrants, you don't have to worry here in Orlando. It was quoted at a, at a council meeting um, by high city officials in the Dyer administration that Orlando police have nothing at all to do with illegal immigrants. You don't have to worry about that. And it prompted my question to the chief, John Mina, one week ago this morning in this hour of Good Morning Orlando. Chief, is is Orlando a sanctuary city? He denied it was, but then he said this. We do not enforce um, immigration laws. We don't stop or detain people based on their immigration status here uh, in the city of Orlando. Uh, we do um, cooperate with all federal authorities in, in any cases, but we want people to here in this community to know that they can um, come to the Orlando Police Department and um, report crime and be witnesses to crimes as well. Well, I don't understand that then. Why, you know, you have people who are here, they're illegal. By definition, they've broken the law. Police department exists to uphold the laws. Well, the immigration laws are, are federal laws which are enforced by um, federal authorities. Yeah, but we they have, need help. We I have, mean, you won't help no, them. There's no state statute or city ordinance um, about immigration laws, so we don't enforce those. We don't enforce those laws, so the people in this community should feel safe uh, and should not be afraid of the Orlando Police Department because we don't enforce um, immigration laws. It's selective law enforcement. It's outrageous. I really like the chief. I really do. I think he does a great job, but I, I think that's indefensible. Really. Don't you? Texas has a bill that's still that's still being contested in the courts to crack down in sanctuary cities, and it's the model I think we need here, and I think we need it across the nation. Listen to some of the highlights. Greg Abbott, the fine governor of Texas, signed a bill in May banning sanctuary cities flat out across the Lone Star State. That bill aims to outlaw sanctuary cities, and here's how it does it by requiring local police to cooperate with federal immigration authorities and allowing police to inquire about the immigration status of people they lawfully detain. Here, in if we had the Texas law here, Chief Mina would not be able to look the other way when it comes to enforcing federal immigration laws. He's looking the other way. You know, we're going to call this a sanctuary city. 
But, I mean, I think it is, and I think the chief made it pretty evident that it is. Wouldn't be that way if we had the Texas law on the books here. Under the Texas bill, local authorities are forbidden from adopting policies that prevent a peace officer from asking about a person's immigration status. Sheriffs, constables, police chiefs, and other law local leaders can be slapped with a Class A misdemeanor, possibly jail time, if they do not cooperate with federal immigration authorities by honoring requests to hold inmates who are subject to deportation. They could also be hit with civil penalties, 1000 bucks first offense, up to twenty five grand for subsequent infractions. You want to end sanctuary cities, you have a Texas-like crackdown bill in cities and towns across this country. And the deal will be done. Opponents of the law are worrying, of course, that it will turn routine exchanges like traffic stops into excuses for police to flag immigrants for deportation. Why should they not flag illegal immigration immigrants for deportation? They have violated the laws of this country. Okay? And we should not have law enforcement looking the other way and creating safe harbor for lawbreakers of any kind, illegal immigrants included. That's the Texas approach to sanctuary cities. Do you support having the Texas bill here in Florida and across the land? Yes or no? Let's talk about it. I absolutely think this is the way we need to go. 407 916 Text line 23680. Standard message and data rates apply there. Good morning, Orlando. From the Front Gate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. To the phones on the Texas bill that really is the model we need to crack down and end the practice of sanctuary cities that harbor illegals across this country. Obviously, we're a long way from that here in Orlando, based on the comments from my interview with Orlando Police Chief John Mina one week ago on the show. We played a cut a moment ago uh, to contrast that with what Texas is doing. So let us go to the phone, shall we? And uh, Jay, you've got the first crack at it. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch from DeBarry. You're on with the Budman. Hey, Bud. How you doing, man? I'm outstanding, and it's great to have you with me. How are you? I'm very good, man. I, I just started listening to your show, man, about a week ago. I, I like it. I like it out of here. Good. Um, so let me speak on this for, for a second. This That is the most bass-ackwards thing I've ever heard in my life. This guy is out of his mind. You're talking we about the, the chief, huh? Yeah. We're the – I mean, and the mayor, too. He's You know, he. I understand he has the same attitude up towards that sanctuary city thing. And – we are the hardworking taxpayers of this country. We are the law-abiding citizens. We should feel safe here, not the illegals, not the people who are essentially breaking the law. This guy is out of his mind to All feel right. that way. Yeah, I got a lot of folks who are aligned with you here. Um, Stephanie has uh, – go ahead. I wouldn't be surprised if this guy's uh, on George Soros's payroll there. Well, I don't know on that score, but you might be right. Jay, thanks, and it's great to have you as a newcomer here on the 50,000-watt front porch. Pete, you're out in Claremont listening from uh, Lake County. What are your thoughts on this this morning, Pete? Well, but the last I I remembered, uh, any law enforcement in this country takes an oath to uh, uphold and defend our Constitution. So for to hear that chief say 
that it's federal law, not local law, yeah. makes me sick. He's he's a, a disgrace to the batch. He's a good man. He does a lot of good work here, but he is so wrong on this critically important issue. Thank you. Let's go to line four and pick up a call from Apopka. Thomas, good morning from Northwest Orange County. Go ahead. Hi, Thomas. Is it Thomas? Oh, I got it wrong. It's Paul. Good morning from Orlando. Hi, Paul. My fault. Hey, good morning, bud. How are you? I'm doing better now that I've got you on the line. Go ahead. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to be speaking with you this morning. My my thought is very similar to the previous gentleman, is that uh, very similar to uh, Chief Mina, uh, the attorney that will not prosecute a death penalty case when it's appropriate yeah, Aramis Ayala you're in. talking about, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they were both uh, sworn to uphold the law. Yeah, and 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 not and not and not and they... not to cherry pick the law. Exactly. Yes, I agree with that. Now to Thomas and Apopka. Good morning and welcome aboard, Thomas. Good morning, bud. Hey, um I had a comment. So the left likes to argue that this is local law versus federal law. I say let's run with that all the way. I'm a big fan of states' rights, so let's get some of the red states to ban abortions, and then we can say, hey, it's local law, it's state law, we don't allow abortions here. Tough. (laughs) Go to a blue state and kill your kid if you want to. Oh, my. That's interesting. Thank you for that. On the uh, text line, what's coming in, Mike? Uh, Yeah, one person says this, bud, says, I believe it should be a felony if they don't uphold the laws. Another person says, I agree with the Texas bill. Um, this person says he came from England, had to pay over $100,000 to stay here legally. To stay here legally? Yes. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on this, Mike? Um, you know, a couple callers ago made a really interesting point about Ayala, Aramis Ayala, how she was cherry-picking the law. Right. And this is very similar to that. I thought that was actually a really good point. Maybe you'll be talking about this tonight. I know you get to choose what you do, but you're on with your own live show Beyond Reason this evening, right? Yes, I'm on 8 to 10 p.m. tonight. Um, We'll talk about uh, the latest in the news. Who knows what's going to happen today? I have no idea. I mean, yeah. (laughs) That's what makes this job so fun, but it's so maddening as well, right? You just never know what's coming next. And maybe it's that way in your own personal financial world. You said, oh, my goodness, you don't have any cushion to handle the unexpected. You just have too much month at the end of the money. And then there's the issue of retirement. Where are you going to ever be able to, how are you ever going to be able to amass that nest egg that you're really going to need, you know, for your golden years? You want to get some guidance, some direction, some inspiration, and some hope? You can get it, and it won't cost you a penny. Tap into my good friend Joel Garris a head man over at Nelson Financial Planning, for a free, no-obligation consultation with a man who will only recommend it. Terrific, and it's all about um, winning the war against cancer, okay? And um, and that's what that bowl is really focused on. It's a great, great prize. If you didn't get in and you have a busy signal, wait for a wrong answer, and we'll open up a line, and you can call quickly and get on and win at 407-916-5400. Well, now, as you've been hearing, the Diaffe has started with the Christmas music coming out of our breaks. It is time for the Budman to go wall-to-wall with Christmas music for our daily sound judgment game. Uh, right now, I want you to listen to some sound from a Christmas song I think everyone knows and has since they were kids. And then, when the music stops, use your sound judgment to finish the line. I want you to really belt it out, get all the words right, and you'll be our winner. On the 
Sing it, line one. Finish it. Four calling doves, three French hens. No, no, no four calling doves, but you were on the right track. There's the open line, 407-916-5400. Five gold rings. Finish it, line two. Four collie birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Sounds pretty good. Yaffe, let's verify that. Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Crowd's going wild. You're our sound judgment winner. What do you think? I like it. Yeah, you're going to the game and all that goes around it, special concert and all of that good stuff. Merry Christmas to you from all of us here, and good morning, Orlando. Thank you, bud. Same to you. (laughs) It's good to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch. I'm going to send you a note of congratulations, and then I'll put you on hold uh, with Stephanie to make the connection on the prize, okay? Sounds great. Thank you. What's your first name? Jimmy. Jimmy, where are you calling in from? Orlando. Good deal. Nice to have you with us. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show, and uh, congratulations to you, my friend. Thank you once again. Well, all right. Don't go away now. I'll put you on hold. Congratulations to you. Um, oh, while we're on the subject of, uh, of great Christmas music, how would you like to get yourself ready to win this fabulous prize? I mean, this is unbelievable. You know, we've been talking about the Trans-Siberian Orchestra giving away tickets to their concert here in Orlando. This is incredible. If you love the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, their Miracle on 34th Street Christmas in New York Spectacular, you can be a part of it. WFLA and iHeartRadio, we want to send you and three of your friends on a VIP Christmas trip to New York City to see the Trans-Siberian Orchestra and so much more. This prize package includes airfare and hotel accommodations, a special Christmas dinner, a $1,000 holiday shopping spree, and front row tickets for the show. Thanks to our good friends at the Trans-Siberian Orchestra for making this incredible prize package possible. Just download and open our free iHeartRadio app now. Download and open our free iHeartRadio app now and search the keyword TSO to become an instant finalist for this incredible prize package. And Merry Christmas from all of us here at WFLA to you. Good luck on that. In a moment, the Rush Morning Update. Right now. Good morning, Orlando. We are so glad you're with us here on a Tuesday morning for our 8 o'clock update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander, in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning President Trump talking tax cuts with lawmakers today, and another candidate jumps into the Alabama Senate race. We'll have details coming up in one minute. That's part of the Roy Moore story, Tom, that we'll be focusing on in a moment. And also, he's gotten a great vote of confidence from an old Army buddy. We'll share an open letter on Roy Moore next on Good Morning Orlando. 803 on News Radio 1025. President Donald Trump is meeting with lawmakers today to talk about tax cuts. He says he's confident the Senate bill will pass this week. It's going to be a tremendous tax cut, the biggest in the history of our country. You'll have to pay a lot less tax. I think we're going to have great receptivity. We've had great, great uh, spirit. The House recently passed its own tax bill. Senate Republican leaders hope to vote on theirs in a few days. Speaking at the White House yesterday, the president said he thinks the bill can get passed without any Democratic votes despite several Republicans being on the fence. 
The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Another candidate has jumped into the controversial Alabama Senate race. Retired Marine Colonel Lee Busby is challenging Roy Moore and Doug Jones as a write-in candidate by positioning himself as a moderate. The 60-year-old businessman is a former aide to White House Chief of Staff John Kelly. He told the Daily Beast he entered the race because Alabama's not happy with the two other candidates. With just two weeks until the election, Busby's rushing to get his message out and establish an infrastructure. He says he doesn't know if the sexual misconduct allegations against Roy Moore are true, but he does know that the former state judge is unqualified for the Senate seat. A federal judge says the military must accept transgender people who want to enlist by January 1st. Monday, a U.S. district judge clarified an earlier ruling partially blocking President Trump's ban on transgender troops. The judge's memo also gives Defense Secretary Jim Mattis a six-month deadline to assess the role of transgender people currently serving in the military. And in local news, a nursery in Ruskin is being called the biggest grow house in Florida history. The biggest legal one, anyway. The Florida Department of Health has given a, the 50,000-square-foot indoor nursery the green light to turn on the grow lights and begin raising medical cannabis in about a month. Michael Smolin is the CEO of Altmed, the Sarasota-based company that's running the grow house. We'll have seven flower rooms, large flower rooms with uh, 150 lights in each room, 1,200 plants, which is, uh, you know, fairly large flower rooms. Smolin's company has partnered with Plants of Ruskin, a nursery that's been involved with tomatoes and other agricultural products for decades. Smolin says the facility could grow to three times its current size in the next year and a half, depending on demand. WFLA News Time Now, 8.06. South Korea makes sure North soldiers hear about defection. Get the details right now at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thank you, Tom. That's Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts bringing us the news here. The Deb Meister will be back on Thursday. Tom will be with us tomorrow morning, and that's always delightful. Great to have you with us. Uh, full bank here on the 50,000-watt front porch, as Deb would say. We're up to full prescription strength with Yaffe in the control room. Stephanie screening your calls. We're going to go get up to date on the uh, really dramatic developments two weeks out from that special Senate election in Alabama. We got a lot of Roy Moore news, and I'd like to know where you are on Roy Moore. If you could vote in this election, for whom would you vote? 407 916 5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates supply. Hour number three, good morning, Orlando, for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll get into the Roy Moore saga. And later in the hour, stay with us for a special edition of Future World. Another take on the dawn of driverless cars and how they may drive the rest of us off the road. Don't miss it next half hour. Roy Moore in a moment. Right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. 
We have no fresh polling on the Roy Moore-Doug Jones-Alabama special Senate race. The polling several days old has the race, when you put all the polls together, averaged by RealClearPolitics.com, almost a dead heat, within a point. There is no question the Democrat Doug Jones has picked up ground since the allegations against Roy Moore by all of those women, all those women hit the news, starting with the Washington Post report. Roy Moore has denied everything. The only evidence there seems to be that 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 is down on paper, if you will, is that that signature in the yearbook, that loving signature to a woman years ago by Judge Roy Moore to a then teenaged girl who alleges that he was um, guilty of sexual misconduct. He denies it all, says it's a liberal plot, a media plot against him. President Trump, as I told you, is not going to go down there and campaign. He does support Roy Moore, saying, hey, he's denied everything, and frankly, we need a Republican in the Senate. I think that's a very pragmatic approach. may not be the most moral approach, but it's the most pragmatic. You know, and I'm one of these innocent until proven guilty guys. I have a problem with Roy Moore. There is no doubt about it. But if the vote were today and I were in Alabama ineligible to vote, I would vote for Roy Moore. Would you? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Stephanie, would you vote for Roy Moore? I would, bud. You would? Yes, I think we still need a Republican in office. And where are you on all of these women? You know, coming out and attaching their names to it with great detail and a similar story of him in his 30s going after girls in their teens, one of them only 14. I mean, it's hard because we just don't know. I mean, there's no proof completely, so I I don't know. Now, Yaffe, innocent till proven guilty. That's the hallmark of our criminal justice system. I'm, well, I'm not putting him in jail, but it doesn't mean I'm going to vote for him. I, I, think he's, I think he's guilty. Do you? I, couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I think there's too much credibility to the accusations. Well, now you have another option if you don't want to vote for the liberal Democrat, Doug Jones, you know, who's just a super pro-choice and all kinds of other problems with him, as the president has pointed out. You could vote for Lee Busby. He's jumped in the race. Who is Lee Busby? He's a 60-year-old retired Marine colonel from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, He sees a route for a centrist candidate to win the seat being contested by Doug Jones and Roy Moore. And and he says, you know what? I think we can flip this thing. If this were a military operation, you got the left flank and the right flank. That's Jones and Moore, all heavily guarded. I think that gives you an opportunity to run straight up the middle. So he is in the race as a write-in candidate, saying he supports efforts to lower taxes, wants to repeal Obamacare, believes life begins at conception. Sounds like a conservative Republican to me. Sounds like he might be in this thing to bleed enough votes from the right away from Roy Moore that Doug Jones wins this thing. He can't possibly believe that he can come out of nowhere as an unknown in two weeks with no organization and no money and win this thing. It's not going to happen. He served, by the way, as uh, a Marine officer in Iraq, later trained soldiers as a defense contractor in Afghanistan. Before retiring in 2013, he was actually the vice chief of staff for John Kelly, who's now the White House chief of staff, the Marine Corps four-star general. Now, 
Um, there's that. And then there is an open letter of support for Roy Moore from a guy who served with him in the Army in Vietnam. And I'll share that with you in a moment. It's not getting much attention in the media, which is no surprise to me. I'll admit to a bit of a moral dilemma here, but I still come down to the side of voting for Roy Moore. I do. Do you? Have you changed on Roy Moore? Are you in the Yaffe camp? Or are you with Steph and the Budman? Gotta have the vote. He's denied everything. You're entitled to the presumption of innocence, although not, it seems, in the court of public opinion so much, right? Where are you on Roy Moore as we speak? Two days, make that two weeks out from the critically important special election in Alabama. Let's talk about it. I want to hear your take on it. 407-916-5400, or I'll settle for reading it. You can hit me on the text line at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. One of my favorite Christmas carols, as I recall, written by Henry Longfellow, who had lost his son in the Civil War. Ooh, always gives me goosebumps. You ought to look up the history of that one. Here is a letter in support, an open letter in support of Roy Moore's candidacy in Alabama. From an old Army buddy of his, Bill Staley, lives in New Jersey now, says this, I served with Roy Moore in Vietnam in 71 and 72, where I knew him to be an altogether honorable, decent, respectable, and patriotic commander and soldier. I've had no contact with him since. Allow me to relate to you one experience involving Roy that impressed me. Another officer had invited Roy and me in Vietnam to go with him into town for um, after-duty recreation and a couple of beers. When we arrived at the place and went inside, it was clear to Roy and to me that the officer had taken us to a brothel. He goes on, in less time than it took any of the women to approach us, Roy turned to me, said words to this effect, we shouldn't be here, I'm leaving. That evening, if I didn't know it before, I knew then that Roy Moore, I was in the company of a man of great self-control, discipline, honor, and integrity. While there were other actions by Roy that reinforced my belief in him, that was the most telling. I reject what are obvious politically motivated allegations against Roy of inappropriate dating behavior. What I saw, felt, and knew about him in Vietnam stands in stark contrast to those allegations. I sincerely doubt that Roy's character had changed fundamentally and dramatically in a few short years. He deserves, in my view, to be heard on the issues that are important to the people of Alabama and our country. Roy was a soldier for whom I was willing to put my life on the line in Vietnam. If the occasion ever arose, fortunately, it did not. I was prepared to stand shoulder to shoulder with him, and I am proud to stand by Roy now, his old Army buddy, Bill Staley. Let's go to the phones on Roy Moore. Keith in Winter Garden, good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning, bud. How are you, sir? I'm very well, and welcome aboard. Thank you. Hey, listen, you know, the, the uh, presumed, uh, presumption of innocence has got to stand firm. If we don't have that, we have nothing. And if these people on the left think that they're going to do the same old hat trick each and every time somebody comes along and it looks like they're going to oppose their their perverted view of the world, um, you know, and, and, and for us to believe it is even more insane. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that 
every time the, uh, the, the right gets it close to becoming something that, that they don't want us on the left to become, they, they usher out these girls. Now, I'm not saying that these girls knew him or not knew him or if anything happened. The presumption of innocence has got to be there. They have no true proof. That, that's the point the president makes. And that what that, that that's what keeps me in the Roy Moore camp enough to vote for him with the election today and I were in Alabama. Willie in Orlando, would you vote for Roy Moore? Yeah, I would. And, and you know, i got to tell you, I was going to bring this up on Beyond Reason Radio the other night until I was rudely interrupted by my roommate. But in this <laughs> day and age of dirty politics, it's too bad that they can't just come out and say, look, we're going to expel Roy Moore from the Senate as soon as he's sworn in, thereby paving the way for the Republican governor of Alabama to appoint a new senator until they hold another special election. It's dirty, but it would work. Yeah. Yeah, there are all kinds of scenarios that are being played with. I don't think any of them are going to happen. I think this process is going forward, and in two weeks we'll have a result out of Alabama, Yaffe. Any thoughts on the text line and what you're seeing there? Uh, yes, but uh, we have a couple people that agree with the, the callers that they believe it's a setup, that there's no truth to the allegations. It's a setup by those with the political agenda. Although we do have a couple of texters who are not happy with you, bud. Why? They think that you, as a moral person, should not vote for more. If he had admitted what Al Franken has admitted, I would not vote for him. But I do believe that when a man issues blanket denials and there is no proof against him, I stand on the side of the presumption of innocence and will not apologize for that, even in the court of public opinion. That's where I am. They're going to be rocking around the tax cut tree in Washington today, and that's where Tom begins in for Deborah Roberts with our news update. Take it away, Tom. Thanks, bud. Senate Republicans' tax bill would help America's highest earners and actually boost taxes on those in lower tax brackets. That's according to an analysis from the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office. The CBO also says the Senate measure would add $1.4 trillion to the federal deficit over 10 years. President Donald Trump is meeting with lawmakers today to talk about the bill. He says he's optimistic that it can pass. If we win, we'll get some Democratic senators joining us. If we don't win, they won't be joining us. You understand that. But if we win, I think we'll probably have a bipartisan bill, meaning a number of people are going to come over. According to President Trump, the bill would be the largest tax cut in U.S. history. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A local driver has been arrested, accused of street racing, but he's not your typical suspect. Satellite Beach police say they found a 65-year-old retiree racing behind the wheel over the weekend. Melbourne Beach's Mark Greenstein is accused of racing another driver on State Road A1A at speeds of about 65 miles an hour. Well, 65 isn't so bad, but on, on A1A, A1A, probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Greenstein is also accused of being drunk at the time. Oh, well, there you go. They rung him up, and as well they should. Hmm. Bud, do you remember the uh, Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 probes that launched back in the 70s? Once it went to Mars? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, they went and beyond now. Um, well, yeah, but I, I mean, I think they, they gave us a look at Mars, yes, right? Yes, they yeah. did as mm-hmm. they flew past. Well, they each had a, a golden record, if you remember, yeah, on them with yep. sounds from Earth for yes. in case they found aliens. Well, you can now get your own vinyl copy of those gold records from I'm the Voyager in. probes. I'm in. Um, it's been available online and on CD for a while, but now it'll be on vinyl maybe even as early as January. Osma Records already has it available for pre-order. 
Uh, two sets of the 12-inch gold-plated copper discs had images and instructions in symbolic language. They blasted off aboard Voyager 1 and 2 back in 1977. They have sounds from the animals, the outdoors, plus rock, classical, and other genres of international music. Also includes greetings in 55 languages and a message from then-President Jimmy Carter. The whole project was initially started by a Kickstarter campaign to honor the 40th anniversary of the Voyager launches. Uh-huh. Um, so pre-orders now. You can get it in January, apparently, on vinyl if you want. Oh, you can't get it in time for Christmas. Not in time for Christmas. Not Bummer. in time for Christmas. Wow. Okay. The faster well, of those two probes, Voyager 1, is now 31 billion miles from Earth. And never coming back and still playing our music. Yeah. I still playing our music out there. Good stuff, Tom. Thank you. Thanks, bud. Tom Alexander bringing us the news in Deb's absence. She'll be back later on in the week. It's Good Morning Orlando for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Yaffe and I are going to whisk you away to Future World here in a moment. Everybody's talking about driverless cars. We've talked about whether we'd ever have enough faith in a computerized robotic system to not have our hands on the wheel and to be in our car, frankly, with no wheel, letting the machinery and the electronics do all of the work. Well, now there is an expert on driverless cars with, to me, an absolutely bizarre prediction about what we are headed for. And we're going to explore it in a moment in future worlds. So buckle up. Here we go. That in Orlando's news, weather and traffic, only two minutes out on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Now, Good Morning Orlando transports you from today to tomorrow and beyond. Prepare to be amazed as you enter Future World. And buckle up, here we go, with a new perspective on the emerging driverless car technology. We've only talked about it on our show, Yaffe, correct me if I'm wrong, from the perspective of would I ever have enough uh, confidence in the technology to just get in my car with my family and my friends and never look at the road and let the electronics and the robotics do the work in the computers to keep me safe. Yeah, that's the usual debate. It really is. Here's another take on what's coming. And this is interesting, particularly if you look at cars as the ultimate expression of personal liberty and individual freedom to get on the road when you want to go where you want anytime. Those days may soon be over for those of us married to our traditional automobiles, the ones we control and drive. This prediction from a top industry expert in automotive in automotive matters. He, this is Bob Lutz. He was the vice chairman of General Motors. Here's what he writes. Human-driven cars will be forced off the roads by safety regulators in the near future because they will mess up the autonomous environment. I will absolutely guarantee that electronic technology and autonomous vehicles is going to reduce serious and fatal accidents in the United States by at least 90%, writes Lutz. He promises the accident rate will fall even further 
once human beings are outlawed from sitting behind steering wheels. Lutz writes in Automotive News that in the next 15 to 20 years, that puts it in the 2030s decade, right? Into the early 2040s, maybe. Humans will not be allowed to touch a steering wheel anywhere in the world. He says the tipping point will come when 20 to 30 percent of vehicles are fully autonomous. Countries will look at the accident statistics and figure out that human drivers are causing 99.9 percent of the accidents. And then it will be mandated by law that everyone will have five years to get their traditional cars off the road or sell them for scrap. They will be illegal worldwide. What a future automotive expert Bob Lutz is predicting. I feel like in the current mentality that we all share, there'd be a revolution. If somebody said, you can't take that car out of the garage, you put it on the road, we're locking you up. It's illegal. Sell it for scrap. It's driverless cars, and that's all we're allowing on the road. The stats are compelling that human beings are the menace on the roads. We have the technology now, 20 to 30 years out, Yaffe, that you can drive safely, but only with an autonomous car. Yeah, and he argues, I think, that uh, people will be willing to give up this freedom. Because it will just, there'll be so many driver's list cars on the road at the time. Most people will be using it and they'll totally be willing to give up that freedom for safety. It's that usual argument. But then, but then you're going to have governments mandating that you can't drive your own car. I just, I, I just don't, in a country built on, 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 on liberty and freedom, it's the cornerstone of America as we've known it. To all of a sudden be told that you can't get behind the wheel and drive your car? Yeah. I can't even imagine that we would ever come to the point where the safety gap between cars we drive and the driverless cars that are perfected at that point in time is so great that the idea that they won't let you drive it, you'll be just okay with it. I think I think people are going to push for this, though. Yeah. I really do. I, I think it might be more than 20 years, maybe 30 years. And I don't know if they can pass it because it would almost be unconstitutional, Yeah, I think, to pass something like that. Yeah. But there's, you know, we live in a world where people are willing to give up a lot of their liberty, a lot of their privacy for security, for That's a great safety. point, and it's a debate we have all the time on this yeah. show. And, yeah. I, and I could see that happening in the future if there's yeah. enough people that say, you know— We don't even drive our car anyway. Well, there's a mind-boggling, provocative trip into future world and the prediction by a noted automotive industry expert about what is to come. How do you feel about it? Let's talk about it, shall we? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Do you think his prediction will come true? If it does, how will you feel about it? When the future is upon us. That's our visit to Future World. We invite you to journey with us next time into Future World, where the wonders of tomorrow are revealed today.
Merry Christmas to you. We'll be playing Christmas music right on through Christmas here. Yaffe takes care of that for us every day. And um, Yaffe, you've got a great text message here from one of our texters with a perspective on our future world uh, piece. Yeah, the texter says that they won't have to outlaw driving because what will happen is insurance will become so expensive for those who continue to drive that they'll just choose to go driverless because uh-huh. it'll just be too expensive not to. Uh-huh. This is how they're trying to you know cut down on smoking by pricing cigarettes right through the roof, right? Yeah. Taxing them to oblivion. And with the insurance angle on that, that that's really interesting. I mean, can you see being totally comfortable with the idea that you can never drive a car again? I, I don't like it mostly for the personal freedom aspect. That being said, I don't mind driverless cars. I think eventually I will probably own a driverless car in the future. So, All right, let's get a couple of callers in here as time permits. Peter, you listen to Future World. Good morning from Orlando. Hey, guys, good show. Thank you. So, so listen, I don't think that obviously these uh, scientists or you know, experts in the field, it's so-called, I don't think that these, this technology is going to happen as fast as they say. I mean, heck, when I was a kid, they said that we should be driving flying cars by now, and, you know, that's not happening. Yeah, you know, soon. it's interesting. You watch Back to the Future, and we use the theme song in our, in our setup for Future World. That was 1985, and, future, and, and, and Back to the Future 2 took you to 2015 with flying cars, and, of course, we don't have them. Yeah, it just seems that they missed the mark, you know, by, yeah. I don't know, 50 years or so on when technology is actually going to, you know, reach around the corner for us. And, you know, look at all these businesses that are pulling trailers. I mean, how the heck are these autonomous cars going to back these trailers in or even, you know, fit them in a tight spot? It's just, no. you know, that, I just don't see that happening. It's, I see a hybrid happening yeah. basically with, uh, you know, with possibly uh, lanes like the HOV lanes that we have on the highways. Right. You know, maybe you have an autonomous car lane where you can just sit mm-hmm. back with a beer or whatever and then drive to your next. <laughs> yeah, and, and thank you, Peter. i got to go because i got another callers. But, you know, there, it may be, you know, there's going to be some kind of a transition period here. It's not going to be an overnight snap your fingers, no more driving your cars. There's no question about that. And that'll be interesting to see how we manage it as well. Let's go to line two. Jason, you're out in Claremont on our future world piece. What do you think? Hey, bud. Thanks Hi. for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I do uh, I do see there's going to be a big push, um, and you know, you look at the uh, the younger generation right under me, uh, the millennials they're 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 huge, 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 uh, huge population, and the the taxes and the laws they're gonna they're probably going to fall in line with the driverless car if the technology is there, but then you have the uh, the generations that my kids are, and you know, my my son already wants to drive a car, you know, he wants a fast car. And no. I think that they have a different attitude and and, uh, and and a different attitude towards freedom. All right. Thank you for that, Jason. Man, I'll tell you what, it's so provocative. Um, and, and, and it's interesting. We got so much response to this. Uh, I know we'll be back on the driverless cars um, um, technology from so many angles in the future. And we invite you to join us as we move into the future one day at a time here on the 50,000-watt front porch. For Tom and for Deb, for Yaffe. For Stephanie, the Bud Man here. Thanks for dropping by. Have a wonderful rest of the day. See you tomorrow, 6 to 9 a.m. Thank you. God bless you and God bless America.